Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your host, Lisa Drennan, author of Forgiving the Girl Inside, Finding Balance, Freedom, and Fun in Your Life. Be sure to download your free ebook at lisadrennan.com. Welcome to this week's episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today I have the beautiful Drain Jones. She is an amazing, amazing sister in Christ. She's got the most beautiful soul. She is the founder of a company called GEM, which focuses on systems in your business. She lives in New Jersey with her husband, Ken, and her son, Justin. And like I say, we connected. We did a summit um, in my Source Society group. Um, and it was just amazing. And I was so intrigued with what she's doing and, and how she is helping others grow, other Christian female entrepreneurs grow and understanding that scripture provides systems and there's a system in all that we do. And she has this beautiful healing journey story about grieving and grieving is where forgiveness begins, or maybe forgiveness is where grieving begins. So tune in and let's connect with Shereen Jones. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so honored to have you on my show. Thank you, Lisa. I'm honored to be here. I'm super excited to share. Um, It's not a story I share a lot. I think apart from my husband, maybe I've shared it twice um, because it's dear. The person was dear to my heart and there was a lot of deep grief there and a place I never thought I would ever be, to be honest, as a Christian. Yeah, it's amazing because I think sometimes people see Christians and like, oh, you're so perfect and nothing ever happens (laughs) bad to you and you know how to deal with everything. I'm like, yeah, no. (laughs) 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 Our thoughts are our biggest battle. You know, like the mindset's the crux of all that we do and, you know, captivating our thoughts and making obedient to Christ is a daily challenge. Yes, yes, I agree. So hopefully I, I could tell it and no tears. Um because normally I cry when I tell this story because I don't know. I don't think you'll ever not feel pain from grief. Um, You just Mm -hmm. come to a place of acceptance and you're able to have a new normal and move forward. It will never be the same. So it's like a new normal and you have good days and you have bad days and that's okay. Absolutely. And tears are so cleansing. And, uh, you know, scripture tells us that God collects our tears in a bottle. And I think about how it cleanses our, cleanses our inside. And um, so I've never, I used to be afraid to cry in front of others. And now I don't. And I just let them free flow freely because I understand that it's, it's part of our, our healing journey. And when you grieve, like you said, it sneaks up on you when you have that loss. And it's when you stuff it that it becomes explosive, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Encouraging you to cry. <laughs> Let the tears flow. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um so I, when I when I first came to America, I lived in New York City. Um I got saved when I was in America story for another time. Um that's a very interesting story where I got saved. Um never looked back. It's probably been about I would say nineteen or twenty years since I've been saved. Um and when I lived in New York, um at the time when I first got here, I had a cousin that I met. I met him when I was here because he was staying with my mom. But he was into a lot of things that was not good. He had bad company and he was in a lot of things that my mom wouldn't allow because she had four 
four, she had three girls and a boy living in the house. So she, she put him out. She said, you won't change your behavior. You're not going to corrupt everybody that's in the house. So she put him out. So he used to come over when my mom used to work at night and we would give him food and we would talk and we would hang out. And then he would stay for a few hours and he had to leave. Um, we grew pretty close, like really, really close where this was a cousin that I just grew to love. Um, he was a little older than me, but somebody I felt I could confide in. And after a while, he just stopped coming around. We About like maybe five years, we we, we heard nothing. And I, during that time, I'd gotten married. I was living with my husband. Um, I was saved and everything. And I, I, I was talking to my husband about him. And I say, you know, Liran, I haven't seen him. I haven't met him. And you would love him. And so we prayed and we prayed for him and we asked God to bring him back in our lives. And one day we were driving because we owned the Christian school, uh, my husband's family. So we we had to run the school bus line and my cousin was walking along the street. So I screamed out and I was like, Kenneth, Kenneth, there's Leron. All out of the blue, he was just walking down the street. How crazy was that? And so we stopped and he came and I was crying and I hugged him and everything. And we were just so grateful God brought him back into our lives. But me and my husband was like, we need to minister to him because it can't just be that simple of him just showing up out of the blue after five years. We ministered to him, try to lead him to the Lord. You know, we had the pushback, but every time we see him, it would come up. And one day I invited him to church because he would, he started coming back to my house. I would cook, we would spend time together. And he said, I can't come to your, I can't make it because I have an engagement in Manhattan. We were living on Staten Island at the time. And I don't know, I got upset because I felt it was an excuse. And I felt that he wasn't telling me the truth. And I, I explained to my husband and I voiced it, you know, um, I think he's lying and whatever. Anyway, we decided to go to in the neighborhood where we saw him, um, cause we had to go to a store. It was a particular store to get like my shampoo and we had to go there and get that stuff. And I said, let's go there. Um, let's get the stuff and let's head to church. As we were going, I saw my cousin. He, I saw him from the back and then he turned around and I said, okay, this is Liran. He told me he was in Manhattan and he was like bent down, looking like down an alley. And I don't know, I got mad and I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this. I guess he's in his own space. He doesn't want to, you know, go to church, whatever the case may be. Fine. We went to church. We went to church and everything was good. And I think it was about a week after one night we're coming from midweek um, service. It was a Thursday. And my mom called. It was in the fall. I remember it was like in October. So the date is coming up. And she said, are you sitting down? I said, I'm in my car. We're stopping in the parking lot. We're going to pick up some groceries from the stop and shop. Um, And she said, stay in the car and relax. I said, you're scaring me. And she was like, no, I need you to breathe. She says, I know you and Liran are really close. I said, mommy, why are you telling me to be calm? She said, Liran um, got arrested. I think he got arrested the the day I saw him because she like went back to date. And he went to jails um, in New York. I think he went to like a prison or something. And she said he, the, the report she received was he was playing cards. Oh, my God. And he put his head down and he never woke up. Aww. Never woke up. And for me, I couldn't even cry in the moment. I just dropped the phone. And my husband came around my side and he was like, are you OK? I was in such shock. And I said. I got out the car and I leaned on the car and I said, Liron passed. I remember saying that. 
And my husband's like, what do you mean Leron passed? I said, mommy said he passed. So my husband picked up the phone and was talking to my mom. And my mom said, I guess she's in shock. We'll talk later. And I, I was so silent in the car. When I called my mom back the next day and we were talking, she came to New York because she was living in Florida. And she had to go look at the body and she asked me to go. I couldn't go. I couldn't go. I, I, the last time I saw him was at that time and the devil attacked my mind. And during that whole time, it was, it's your fault. If you were not angry, you could have went and got him. I just kept hearing that. You were angry in the car and you could have stopped the car. You could have went and you could have got him. And Lisa, this thought took me down a place of grief where I couldn't function. For the first time in my Christian walk, I could not, I, could, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I felt like every thought in my mind was, it's my fault that my cousin passed. And that word beat me down for three straight months. I couldn't eat. I think I lost weight. I was almost like a hundred pounds. Wow. And my husband saw it and he was praying. He said, I remember when I came out and I, I, I was asking him when he went, when we we're talking about it. And I said, how did you feel? He said, I was scared because you're a powerful woman of God and you were in such a dark place. I don't even know if you knew you were alive. Because that thought just kept coming and saying, it's your fault. You know, you're supposed to be slow to anger. And here you call yourself a woman of God and you got angry because somebody wouldn't come to church and look, he's dead. And you don't even know if he's saved. And the thoughts were one after the other. And the deceiver came and he whispered and he whispered lies. And when I broke down, when my husband got me one day and he said, I need you to come out of this. I need you to eat. I need you to want to go outside. I need you to want to breathe. And it's almost like he was shaking me to come back. And I thank God for him. And we talk about it all the time. And he said, I've never seen you like that before in your entire life. It was scary for me because I was wondering if you wanted to die. I said, I I didn't want to die. I felt like I was in a black hole and I just did not know how to get out in my own head. I didn't know how to get out. And I remember I held on to, for God so loved the world. And I said, God, I keep saying, God, you say you love me. And I believe you love me. And I know that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is not my fault. And I and I came out of that. And I came out of it and every day. And there were nights where I would cry. I would cry till there was no voice. There was like no voice. I felt my throat was so swollen. I thought I, I just thought I was going to die in a place of despair, um, darkness. And I just, I couldn't breathe. And I thank God for a praying husband. My husband pr- prays probably like 15 hours a day. Like he just prays, like he prays. That's before. beautiful. Like he pray loves. Continuously. Yes, he to pray continually. I've tried Lisa. I can't go that long. And I've tried. I'm like, you know, <laughs> not this is not a competition but he prays you know and in that moment and that time as I look back it's okay to grieve is what I I probably tell anybody it's okay every one of us in life until Jesus returns we're going to experience loss Mm -hmm. you know and you can get lost in it or you can hold on to Jesus and go through it 
you know, and I've experienced some loss this year and it's different because my, my mindset is set on the Lord and I understand this is a part of the process, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that, that helps me and showed me that I can help others when I see them in that dark place. And I, I remember reaching out to a friend on Facebook, I think about two weeks, she lost someone dear to her and we were close and then we weren't close and everybody came and everybody had an advice for her. Everybody had something, you know, everybody want to be the savior of somebody when somebody died. And I remember sending her the message and I said, cry and scream, even Mm -hmm. ask God why I'm going to let you know it's okay. And she responded and she's been talking to me ever since. And she said to me that helped her because she felt she had to be strong and the pain was there. I said, cry, scream, go in the mountain and scream out, bend down and cry. It's okay. It's a part of life. It's a time to mourn. It's a time for everything. And we have to allow that. But I said to her, don't get stuck there. Don't stay there. Mm -hmm. Give yourself a time. And she needs to understand there's moments when you're going to think of that person and you are going to cry. And that is okay too. Yes. So don't feel like you're weak. Don't feel like you're doing anything bad. You're letting anybody down. Let it out because it's only for that moment. And it's okay. And if I did not go through that and had a supporting husband, I would never think it would have been okay to mourn like that. I just got stuck there because the devil came with a word that was not of God. And, and, I, and I hanged on to it and, and blamed myself and I got stuck there. You know, yeah, yeah, that is so powerful. And thank you so much for sharing that because so many people have lost so many loved ones for different reasons. And, you know, we never know Um, when I was being raised, my mom always said, you know, we have a dash, you're born, you have a dash, what you do matters, you know, how you live your life matters. You need to live for the Lord. And uh, she said, you're going to have an end of the dash. And when that end of the dash, that's the end of your purpose while you're here. And we don't know the time or the hour, you know, just like the good book says, she would say, you need to be ready because Jesus is going to yeah. come knocking on that door. And we used to have a picture and I was all about pictures. We had this beautiful picture of Jesus knocking on the door and there was no doorknob. There's no door handle because he can't open the door. We have to let him in. We have to, he can knock, but we have to open the door for him and invite him in and say, yes, Lord, I receive you. I accept you. And we have loved ones where we're not sure if they're, if they love the Lord yeah. You know, by the fruit, we know, right? By the yeah. fruit, what we had a beautiful guest preacher on Sunday. And he talked about, if I could op- open your heart, what would it bleed? What do you put your passion in? What's your idol? Is it Jesus or is it football or is it this or is it that? You know, what are you bleeding? What are you preaching? What's the, what have you post on Facebook? What are you sharing with the world? And our love for Jesus is so profound and so powerful that the enemy wants to attack us and feed us lies. And we're so, sometimes when we're at our vulnerable point, we lose a loved one and we think, oh, what could I have done differently? My father passed away and I remember standing at his deathbed. We did not have a good relationship. And my mom's like, you need to go see your dad. I'm like, my dad doesn't care about me. He abandoned me like when I was two. And she's like, no, I respect you need to. The Bible says the 10 commandments say you need to go respect your parents. I'd be like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I remember standing in the ICU room and he had a mat, you know, he had the the, um, respiratory um, thing on. 
and he couldn't talk. And my kids, two of my kids were with me out of the three. And I remember standing at his bedside and I was like, Lord, I need to preach. I need to share the gospel with him. I don't know if he's saved. And I was struggling and he was looking at me with these, these eyes, his eyes were like gray and brown and a little bit of green. And he was looking at me like pleading with me and trying to say something. I'm like, dad, I have no idea what you're saying. I, I don't know. And then my cousin and her husband barge into the room and like the moment was gone and it haunted me. And when he passed away, um, we were shunned and he had another family and, and my, my brothers and I were shunned and it really hurt, but I started dreaming about him and I never, ever thought about my dad. And I had these dreams of him just coming to me and it was disturbing. And I was just like, every single night I would dream about it. And I'm like, why? Are and I was on my, I was on a cruise with my husband. We were celebrating our 20th wedding anniversary and I remember dreaming about him and sitting straight up in bed saying, enough, I don't want you in my dreams. Stop visiting me in my dreams. And I never dreamt about him ever again. Wow. And it haunts me because I don't know if he, I would try to preach to him, try to share. I, I say preach in, in a negative sense. I was trying to share the word of the Lord with him. And I remember having Thanksgiving celebration with him and we would pray these prayers and he'd be like, man, is it over yet? <laughs> and I'm like, we're giving thanks to the to Jesus. And he's like, oh, you know, that religion of yours. And I'd be like, no, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, you can't make that decision for people, right? But you don't know, like, am I going to yeah. see him? And it was such a powerful, like, moment. And I thought, like, every time I see or know that somebody's going to pass away, I want to share the love of Jesus with them. But I don't want to be that pushy Christian. Yeah. Yeah. So the enemy almost tells you, keeps you frozen. And I'm, I'm asking for boldness. I'm asking just like, yeah, I'm not going to make the decision for you. Like Jesus loves you. Yeah. Do you know him? Do you know you're going to spend eternity with him? You think about the, um, I mean, my, we, I, I love to tell the little tiny stories in the Bible because, uh, you know, I feel like that's like my thing to share. And I, I remember my son, my son's 21 and, he had some doubts and we were dealing with like a, like trying to get him to understand and get him back to where he needs to be, but he didn't do anything. He, he was just thoughts he was getting and he shared them with us. Like, you know, I'm not sure. And I want to be sure. And I, I know I'm in that place and we let him know it's okay. We all end up in that doubt place about something when it comes to our faith at times. And it's okay. Breathe. Jesus is still here. And I remember we shared with him the, the thief on the cross with the Lord the one that knew who Jesus was and accepted him in that final moment of his breath. And we explained that to our son, that thief made it in, you know, he went with the Lord. He became one of his, you know, there was two of them and one chose to go the other way. And one knew he saw the Lord for who he really was and accepted it in the, in the moment of his last breath. So if you have breath, just know that, you know, who your savior is and and that's what I, I lean into when I think of my cousins that I want to stand on the promise that me and my household, my generation, my old family, that me and my husband pray for, we're saved no matter where they are. And that in that in the final moments of his breath or during that week before he passed away, somehow he reflected and gave his life to the Lord. And when I go and I'm with the Lord, I'll be able to see him and know it was done because we know for the short period of time, we saw him again, we ministered to him. And that was our focus, me and my husband. Yeah. And we weren't pushy, but we were 
we were specific and we, we want him to understand the gospel and that he needed to repent and confess his sin and come to the Lord and that the Lord loved him. And, and just every time I think of that, I get a peace that I'm standing on those promises that I'm going to see him, you know? Um, but like you said, it is hard. Um, my mother-in-law passed last year. It was sudden. Um, I mean, it, I thought it broke my family, my in-laws. And I remember my husband, I went through something in my marriage I never went through before where my husband was angry. He was angry. And I mm-hmm. didn't know how to deal with that anger, you know, because I wasn't angry when I was grieving. He was. And I remember one day I walked up to him and I didn't know what to say because I try not to when people are grieving to want to correct. And so I, I just hugged him and, and I always, I said, just cry. And he cried on my stomach. Like my husband cried like a baby. And it was like, he said that moment gave him release, you know, and I, and I, and I know, like you said, with the tears, we have to let it go when we feel it coming, you know, it, it's a release and it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful representation of how, when we let go yeah. um, and let God guide us that we are just on the right path. And he does, I mean, Jesus wept and, you know, David, when he lost, you know, when his son was sick, um, yeah. he mourned and, and fasted and prayed. And then when he passed, you know, he got up and washed himself and said, okay, all right, yeah. Lord, what's the next step? And just understanding that that's a process that we are meant to go through. Yeah. So I love that. I love how you connect with, with everyone and, and pray over them. So whoever comes in your path, be sure to get prayers and yes. wonderful, beautiful <laughs> connections and Absolutely. beautiful advice. Um, when you are grieving, process it, yell out, yeah. tell God you're angry, tell God yeah. you're mad. Why did this happen? Accept that yeah. loss and, and process it and turn to him and ask him to get you through it. So, yeah, yeah that is so, so beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Um, I know Absolutely. this is going to touch a lot of hearts. Um, and I know that the healing journey is a daily healing journey. And like you had said earlier, sometimes it's going to sneak up on you. Um, but the processing it, acknowledging it, and accepting it. So is there anything you'd like to leave our audience with in closing? Um, no matter what, um, whether Christian or not, I would say, you know, God is love. Um, it's the foundation of our faith. Um, it's who he is. It's his essence. It's his being. Um, that's why he gave his son to us. Um, so when you find yourself in a place of despair, anxiety, grief, whatever it may be, turn to God. Um, man doesn't have the answer, but he does. And he's speaking and you'll hear him. Um, he's always speaking. You know, a lot of times we're just not listening, but turn to God, cry out to him. God is not afraid of any hard questions. Man is, but God is not. Because my husband has asked some hard stuff and God has spoke to him and he loves to ask God why. And I'm one of those people too. I want to know why. And I get my answer. It is okay to ask God why. So turn to God in any situation any situation. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, thank you again for being here. And if you'd like to connect with Doreen, links to connect with her are going to be in the description. And if you know anyone who would benefit from this story, please share it and be sure to hit subscribe. And we would love for you to give a review as well. Remember you're on a daily healing journey and it's all a matter of the heart. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Forgiving the Girl Inside, A Matter of the Heart. I am so glad that you are here today and 
love your support and your encouragement. Please comment. Let me know what resonated the most with you from today's special guest. And if you'd like to learn more about my signature program, SOAR, Seeking Our Authentic Route to Our Highest Potential, I would love to connect with you to see if it's a good fit. In SOAR, I help Christian female entrepreneurs authentically align their passion with their purpose to connect with their soulmate client confidently and be able to scale or launch to six figures. Have you pictured yourself as a six-figure entrepreneur? If not, I can help you live your dream instead of chasing it. Visit me at lisadrennan.com or send me an email and let's connect. Let's see if it's a good fit for you. Thank you again for joining today. I would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast, provide a review, and if you know anyone that this message would resonate with, please share it.